Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter 3 continued. The Voice. That same September 10th, Mother Teresa began to receive a series of interior locutions that continued until the middle of the following year. Mother Teresa was actually hearing Jesus' voice and intimately conversing with him. She is among those saints to whom Jesus spoke directly, asking them to undertake a special mission among his people. From the beginning of this extraordinary experience, Mother Teresa had no doubt that it was Jesus who was speaking to her. Yet she would mostly refer to these communications as the voice. A moving exchange of great beauty went on between Christ and Mother Teresa. With utmost tenderness, he addressed her as my own spouse or my own little one. My Jesus, my own Jesus, replied Mother Teresa, longing to return love for love. In this sacred dialogue, Jesus was revealing his heart to her, his pain, his love, his compassion, his thirst for those who suffer most. He also revealed his plan to send her to them as a carrier of his love. This revelation had a deep echo in her soul. Many years earlier, writing back home, she had expressed her desire to bring joy to the lives of those to whom she had been sent. She had prayed for the strength to always be the light of their lives and so lead them to you. However, the call to leave Loretta and to be a sign of Christ's presence, a carrier of his love and compassion to the poorest of the poor in the slums, was not the kind of answer she expected in response to her prayer. Yet the voice kept pleading, Come, come, carry me into the holes of the poor. Come, be my light. Jesus' invitation was imbued with trust. He counted on her response. During her retreat in Darjeeling, Mother Teresa began a record of what went on between him and me during the days of much prayer. She later referred to these notes as the copy of the voice since September 1946 and used them in her correspondence with the Archbishop of Calcutta, quoting the voice she had been hearing. But some months were to pass until that correspondence began. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Angels of God are guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sometimes when seminarians see giant old monasteries that are empty, or great religious houses that used to be there, mighty convents that seem empty, there is a longing that something might be done. Why not just fill them back up? Where are all the people to become monks again, to become nuns? Where are all the teaching sisters? This kind of thought, this kind of holy ambition is sometimes experienced. Well, what are we to say to those seminarians? Well, Mother Teresa's life gives us something very important to consider. And it's this. No one starts a religious family, no one starts a monastery, no one refounds a monastery, except by the approval of the church. The interior call from the Lord has to be in some way verified or authenticated by the church. And so Mother Teresa's experience of this voice also had to be authenticated by the church. Because as anyone who might read this or hear this might kind of chuckle, there's lots of people today who hear voices. People who are hearing voices are sometimes labeled schizophrenic or delusional. Is Mother Teresa deluded in what she was hearing? Well, the test of this is both in her life, in the fruit of her life, in the integrity of her life, but also in the judgment of the church. That Mother Teresa submitted this grace she was given to her bishop, to her spiritual director. And so when we long to see new religious orders, when we long to see somehow a revival of some of the great works that used to seem to happen in the church. We have to pray that God will raise up people with authentic callings from God to refound them, to begin again. It's not just a human endeavor, the proclaiming of the gospel, the spreading of great religious practices. This is the Lord's work. It's his work that we're trying to do. And therefore, we have to listen to him. We have to be attentive to him. We have to follow his will. We want to make sure that it's his inspiration and not just our own inspirations, our own ideas. And who will help us? The church. Let us thank God that we are part of the church. Let us thank God that it's not all up to us. We have the church which sanctifies us, which gives us the sacraments, 
which teaches us how to pray, but also the church, which as a mother carefully discerns what is of God and what is not of God. And sometimes, as we're about to see in mother's life, this takes a bit of time, and therefore we need to be patient. And Lent is the perfect time to learn patience, to suffer a bit, as we wait for the church, guided by the Holy Spirit, to eventually figure things out. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.